He did tease a referendum for the, the Caribbean people, saying the monarchy would support, with pride and respect, a referendum vote. Don't you dare threaten us with a good time. <laughs> Welcome back. Arms. Black in a box. The world are told by black faces in white spaces. For the last time at Great Guildford Street, I am informed. Reliably. Reliably informed by the man them in charge. No way. In studio. Bigger space, bigger dreams. Insert Jefferson's theme song here. Exactly. <laughs> we can, we're moving on up. Moving on up. As long as it. Same price though, isn't it? But they're looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> they are looking at each other. We might have to find somewhere else. No, joking. Uh, just the regulars with us on the phone, Angelo. Yo, let's get into this. I got some slap to deal with. <laughs> okay, okay. Dom? Yes, yes. How are we doing? We're good. We're good. We're good. And Alana? Yes, good. Happy to be here. Hello, everyone. Plenty to get on with. So let's get to it. Not so happy slapping. <laughs> Not so happy slapping. I think everyone knows about this. Um, hopefully you're not sick of it by this point. <laughs> I was sick of it after about six hours. It was a good six hours though, wasn't it? Oh, it's... it's well, I, you go through the waves where I'm like, oh, I can't believe they're still talking about it. Oh, this, the memes. Oh, the memes. Mm-hmm. Ah, the memes. <laughs> and then it's just then, then you just have to enjoy it. You give in. At that point, I just gave in and just let them wash over me. And yeah, there's some phenomenal stuff out going on out there. Wasn't Biden's press secretary asked about it? Oh, it's mad. Everyone. We, we are going to get into that. Like, the world has lost its damn mind. Alan Davis <laughs> on the BBC talking about it. Jonathan Creek, Alan Davis. We stand with Chris Rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We stand with Chris Rock. Oh my goodness me. Oh no. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot to unpack here. So what I will say is, let's, let's, let's first of all, let's just put our, each of our sort of cards on the table. Chris Rock, Will Smith, one sentence, who was right, who was wrong, each of us, Dom. Chris Rock was right. Alana? I don't think anyone was right, but Chris Rock was less wrong. <laughs> Angela. Can I go with that answer? <laughs> Less incriminating. Uh, uh, no, no winners in this situation. Uh, hopefully we can all learn, as Jada said, and heal. And I, contrary to <laughs> what I was feeling earlier on, I think everyone's a winner, baby. That's the truth. <laughs> so uh, the, 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 the elements of this... Is that hot chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> It's also RuPaul. That's a big tune. <laughs> exactly. The elements of this are you have an attack by a black man on a black man for a joke, mid-Oscars award show at the expense of a black woman who's dealing with alopecia. So th- th- I feel like those are the four constituent parts of this specific incident. The race is relevant because of the audience and because of the setting. The illness is relevant, regardless of whether he claims ignorance or not, because that would be used as mitigation or justification. That so, lot A-level coming in there. Uh, well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Hold tight. That was... Got a young C for that. Young C. <laughs> yeah, I guess let's start with you, Alana. 
I so I guess in our initial conversations in this group, we were talking about, you know, all of the context, all of the things of like everything that Will and Jada have been through and understanding it while not condoning it. And I feel like I still am holding tight to that sense. Like I do understand I understand why Will did what he did, but watching it, looking at the memes, looking at the discourse following it, I just feel the sense of like, ooh, like this shame, you know, like a little like, like a embarrassment. I don't know, cause if, and I don't know what, how Jada feels about this. I don't know if she's the type of woman to be like, I love that he did that. <laughs> There's more embarrassing things that have happened to that family recently. I know, I know. And again, I, like she could be the type who's like, yes, that's exactly what I expected. Um, and you know, Jaden Smith was like, well, I'm sure we'll get into that, but all about it. But for me personally, putting myself in her shoes, I just felt like one, I would just be so embarrassed if my partner did that. Just, I would just have a sense of shame too. And especially in front of all of my peers, my colleagues, people that I respect, even some people I don't respect, but I, I know the cultural context of this moment. And two, as a grown woman, I would feel a bit like, didn't need to do that. You don't need to do that for me. I'm a grown ass woman. I can handle myself. If I'm able to accept this, and also you're an entertainer, you're in showbiz, you expect to be roasted, you expect jokes to be made at your expense all the time. Wilder stuff has been said on the Oscars stage. Um, more sensitive and problematic jokes have been made. And I just felt like the the, I don't know, I just kept thinking about it from Jada's perspective and me just being like so effing pissed but, at Will for doing that. But where are you thinking from Jada's perspective? Or, well, or from we... my perspective, if if I were in her shoes, I have no idea how she actually feels about that. I, I mean, she's not shy with how she feels about anything. <laughs> right, yeah. So I, I, in my my initial opinion is like, you can, you can suppose that she was not unhappy with the way things transpired after the comment had been made. I'd like to I'd like to unpick that the, the shame angle because that room there are not many rooms which would be filled with more a greater number of venal corruptible people <laughs> with more skeletons in the closet than an ossuary honestly mm. like they've they like I don't know how anyone can say that's like the most shameful thing to happen when we, we were saying the other day, how can you take his Oscar away when Oscar Harvey Weinstein's got 81 of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, there is some pretty questionable characters who are still welcome in the Academy. So... And can I just really quickly say on the shame point, I also want to clarify that this could be on my part, maybe some respectability issues around this so i'm still kind of questioning whether i'm gonna hold tight to the way that i feel or if it's gonna change it's uh it's turbulent it's turbulent how i feel that that's absolutely fair and i think it's a difficult one because i mean angela's favorite phrase walk and chew gum and assaults against the law and generally as a back man you should try and stay on the right side of it where possible for your own peace of mind Will did, even like in my extreme sort of view, Will did what he felt was necessary at the time. But the fact that he apologised later 
suggest that his position demanded that of him and he felt he should do that when he when he apologised. Doesn't make him wrong for attacking, doesn't make him wrong for apologising. Two things can be the same. I mean, it does make him wrong for attacking. Regardless of the apology, that part's still wrong. There is no way that you can shine a light on that and say that that was justified I, at all. I, yeah, I can. No, not at all. Do you know how many steps he had to take? Do you know how many steps he had to take? And he's on that stage and he's taking all them steps and not at one stage you thought, nope. what the fuck am but I doing? this is my point. Just I get can't... up there and be like, yo, Chris, no, but... calm it. But this is my point. It was about 25 steps. Exactly. So that shows you it wasn't that much of a heat of a moment thing it was considered. So th- have you considered that sometimes that is the right thing to do? But it's not. Well, you, but not, not to you, but he decided it was. We can't, you can't, when I, I always say like, it's the same with like, when people, it, 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 when we talk about cancel culture and consequences, like you cannot dictate to someone how they react to wildness that comes out of your mouth. You cannot, you've got no right. So you might say it's a long way and I wouldn't have done that. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think most people but, would have done that. No, but most people. Well, uh, let's think about that then. Uh, because the reason we're talking about this is because it was at the Oscars. So let's say it was the exact same thing at a comedy club, mm-hmm. small venue. Would you then feel a bit more comfortable saying, I get it? No, <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> of course not. It's a man that's doing his job and no, he no, might, he no, might no, have crossed no, the line. No, no, no. He might have crossed the line. He might have crossed the line, but it's still his job. The second part no, of that whole situation, job. the second part of that whole situation, he was screaming at him to keep his wife's name out his fucking mouth. He could have just done that bit. That bit alone would have been but, headlines. And, and he could have done that at a comedy club. He could have done that in the street. What does that suggest? The fact that he did it after it was that was like that the was, guy needs some fucking help or something because this is not a justifiable reaction to to what happened. Well, this is what I'm saying. It was considered because I suspect there was a bit more to it. I I, and I on. honestly, just be, just before you go on, I think that the screaming from his seat was. He was less angry with what had just occurred and he was more angry with himself. I agree. One hundred percent. That wasn't still that wasn't residual anger at Chris Rock. That was like, what the fuck have I done? Yeah, I, I think that was like the that was like when the emotion kicked in. Yeah. The 100%. adrenaline, you know. Yeah, it would. If you slapped someone in the Oscars, <laughs> of course the adrenaline's gonna kick in. <laughs> like you're gonna be feeling it. Jello, what yeah. say you? On the actual topic of the Oscars, again, as Dan said, and you knew I was going to say, we have to be able to walk and chew gum. You we have a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> uh, this is not the. F- there is always context. This is not the first time that Chris Rock has clowned Jada, and I think it's also important to remember that the first time he clowned Jada was when she um, boycotted the Oscars um, for its frightening lack of diversity. And I think in I think it was 2016, and in making a joke like that, it kind of minimised the serious point that she was making, which became a lot more serious, kind of three or four years later with Black the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that. Like that seemed to be a very uh, earnest and heartfelt decision that that they had made. With regards to the actual joke, and I, I'll say this. You can joke about anything. I have heard funny jokes about the absolute most awful topics there are. I don't believe that any topic is off limits. But I think when you're telling a joke as a, as a professional comedian, you are profoundly aware of impact versus intent. Your impact might be one thing, your intent can be another. And that can be where a lot of 
stuff happens. As many people have pointed out, Chris Rock specifically knows how touchy the and how important, sorry, touchy is, is a demeaning word, how important hair is to black women. As has been pointed out, he wrote, he, he uh, produced a documentary on it in 2009. And interestingly, within that documentary, he had a woman with alopecia talk about the impact that it had on her. And you can say it was a throwaway joke. And yeah, it is. But there are other there are other protected groups. I guarantee you Chris Rock would have not made a throwaway joke. It just would not even have come to, into his mind. Now, there are a lot of people saying, well, Will Smith laughed at the joke initially. Look, I have been in rooms similar to that where you just know, look, so it's like a call and response. Somebody says something, you know, it's the you've got to laugh. And then even as you're laughing, you'd be, hold on, that's, that's a messed up thing that was just said. But you know that actually you don't want to break the kind of psychic energy in the room. And I'll give you guys a classic example. Dom, I'm sure you can relate to this. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody makes a joke about race? You're the only black person there. Everybody else in the room laughs. And now you're in a position where if I kind of go, hold on, that was messed up. In some way, I have become, I'm, the wrong, I'm, I'm in the wrong because I've broken up this energy. Will Smith laughed, kind of thought about it, probably saw his wife in a little bit of distress. And it goes into the last thing. We've been playing on Will's name for a long time. We've been playing on Will's name for a long time. And we have turned him into a meme. We've turned him into a joke. And I don't think anybody would disagree with the fact that what he revealed there was a humanity. And I've heard people saying after 30 years of a carefully crafted image, he let it all slip. He's like, no, no, no. He has been turned into a joke, and I think that there is this human side to it that we too often forget. Was it was it just last year we were saying be kind because we had celebrities that were taking their own that the, were dying by suicide? We were saying be kind, be kind, and then we kind of turned this guy into a meme. People All that said, he shouldn't have slapped. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think he should have slapped Chris Rock. But as Chris Rock himself would have said. I'm not saying you should have did it, but I understand. Have you ever seen um, The Longest Yard? One of Chris Rock's mm-hmm. lesser great movies. I mean, wow. he's not been in that many decent movies, has he? <clears throat> Listen, for the record, the, I do the, like Chris Rock. The, the, um, the part where he goes and sees his file and sees that he's only got one star, and he's like, I might have to cut a second throat or something to get my stars up. Part of me feels like that's what Will Smith did because he's got <laughs> such this polished... Was he just trying to get rid of that? I don't know. I don't know, because it, it just seemed so... There were so many chances if it was a heat-of-the-moment thing for him to turn back. But It seemed so deliberate. But I, I think the heat-of-the-moment thing, like, I think he decided to do it in the heat-of-the-moment, but I think he was probably waiting. As, uh, as it's been pointed out, that thing Chris Rock said about his wife was four years ago, five years ago. So he probably thought, you just wait. You just wait to see what comes out of your mouth. But it's not, it's not even that deep a comment, the first one that he made. What, when he was when he was laughing and like not being invited and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's not that deep a comment. No, it's not. No, but... no, no, but the, let's talk about the G.I. Jane one. Let's talk about the G.I. Jane one. And kind of, I'm old enough, and Tiffany Haddish made this point, um, that I'm old enough to remember when G.I. Jane came out, just, I think. I think the one with Demi Moore, I'm definitely old enough to remember when it came out. Yeah, And it was used as a shorthand to describe a, 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 a butch woman or a woman that was a lesbian. It was a, it was a derogatory term. But beyond that, we in this space on this podcast have constantly talked about stop 
playing with black women. We have constantly said that in mm. so many different guises and so many different mm. forms. And so when Will Smith comes up and slaps a taste out of somebody's mouth for disrespecting a black woman, and, and if Chris Rock had made a joke about Girls Trip or he'd have made a joke about her awful, some an awful film or the podcast, no, everybody would laugh to get to moving. You could have been more savage and more cutting. But this kind of casual throwaway joke about a black woman's hair, and then we're saying, black men, step up, stop letting black women be treated like this. And he does. Um, like, that's bullshit, was, though. That's bullshit, gonna, though. That's my bullshit. Because, because, yeah, I'm going to have for breakfast. No, my that's, first that, that thought is was, going to have for breakfast? No, it's not. Of course it is. Of course it is, because we also talk about how we need to be better. And the way that he acted no, was not... Oh, no, no, no. No, 100%. 100%. 100%. And I'm not talking about black men. I'm just talking about people. We need to be better. And that was not uh, him being the better person. I thought Tony Saul was in it. We need to be better. Well, I mean, for who? It's just back to respectability politics because people, because why are people watching? Not, not, not at all. Who's not at we all. We're always better. talking about infighting. We're all talking about people need to be better to each other. Just don't slap someone on stage. You but, can say to them, why you, can say, it, you can shout out, be like, Chris, we're going to chat about that later. There's so many different ways. Like like Angelo said, right, when, you, the, you, when, you're, when you're the only black person in the room and those kind of jokes get told, how many times have you tumped up the person for it? Well, it's not me. It's not happened to me. But right. like, it's, it's happened to me enough <clears> times will, to know will, that there's better ways to I do will, it than I how he say, dealt with it. I will say this: it's it's always people always put it on the victim of the joke to to be better. Like you know, be the bigger man. He decided to be that big, and that was because if if Chris Rock had had Andrew said made a joke about something else, we wouldn't we would not be talking about it. And as he said in the past, he's done it before. I was watching a clip of him on Graham Norton where he was making jokes about Michelle Obama's hair for a predominantly white audience on BBC. It seems to be a, a little bit of a pattern emerging here. We had Chris Rock, who was on, the, I remember people saying, oh, he wouldn't have done it if it was Ricky Gervais or Seinfeld or whatever. There was a, there was a clip of him where he's with Ricky Gervais and yeah, Seinfeld and having an N-word party. And what does he say? <laughs> States Pim. So we got to take all these things into account. You, like this is the type of person he is. He's, he's happy to let that go, but continually target his own. So who needs to be better in this instance? Like and this, it's, 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 a, it's, you know, it's iffy. And this is, this is where I'm gonna, this is why my feelings are so in flux around this topic, because as you guys were speaking, it totally jogged my memory where I was in middle school as we all know, grew up with nothing but white people back in a time when uh, all my white friends were watching Dave Chappelle discovering the N-word and saying it so casually and I didn't even know to be offended. But then over time, something was just building and building and building in me. And one guy said the N-word and I actually got up and slapped the shit out of him. So... And I don't feel bad about it. And I do feel like it was the right thing. So on the one hand, and this is where I think maybe for me, it is like that respectability thing because, you know, if we're kind of talking an eye for an eye, Chris Rock hits a pain point for Jada on, you know, quote unquote, the world stage. It's a potentially really big public embarrassment for her or trigger for her. So to have Will's reaction be behind the scenes then, it's not quite equal to being like, you're humiliating my wife in this way and I'm gonna equally do it back to you, 
which is why on the one hand, I do feel like, okay, I understand why the slap had to happen in that moment, because it's like, you're not going to do that. I'm going to give it right back to you. And then I guess I do kind of have to eat my words because I've been in that position and I did slap the shit out of someone. So, and I don't feel sorry for it. And it never happened again. I think, I think lost in a lot of the online discussion predominantly from the white women is that the violence started with the Chris Rock joke. The violence started with the Chris Rock joke. Um, because you can, as I say, there are a million things you could have joked about, which would have been far more savage, far more kind, and would have kept it pushing, kept it moving. But that specific one is violent. And yeah, I'm not denying that what Will Smith did was violent. I'm just saying it was in reaction. But we're going to go on and talk about, at some point, child cue. We're going to talk about systemic failures. We're going to talk about... Uh, black girls in this situation not being seen as human and maybe i'm drawing a line that i shouldn't be or drawing a link that i shouldn't be drawing but will smith on the biggest stage on the planet powerfully asserting the humanity of his wife a black woman i think can only have positive ripples going forward because i, t- I tell you what then i tell you what the next comedian's not going to do when he's in the room with will smith is make a joke directly about Jada. He might, the comedian might make a thousand jokes about Will Smith's temper, but he will not say something personal about Jada. And because there's an understanding that actually um, that black woman is is protected. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I'm shaking my head because I think you just said it yourself there in this whole online discourse, as you said, with white women, the fact that it was a violence committed against black women's hair, which is very, very important to them. That has been lost by the vast majority of people who are engaging in this discourse. So ain't nobody going to actually think about that. Will Smith could have protected his wife's humanity in a completely different way and it still made headlines. He didn't need to do that. There were wrongs on both sides 100%. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But the action and the way that he took it, I think, is taken away from what he was principally doing. If he's protecting his wife and protecting her humanity and the importance of black women's hair... It's been lost now because he went up and slapped the guy. Only people are talking about the slap. Well, I, people who were looking for an excuse, Dom, will look for an excuse. That's mm. like the thing you're saying. We can't do 100%, that. but I think it's easier. Yeah. This, I don't even think well, this is looking for an excuse, is it? Because the slap's that. happened. If he shouted up from his chair, it's like, why is he shouting? And there's a bit more of a debate that goes on there, but the fact they went up and to some people... Or if he goes caused... up and he just grabs the mic from Chris yeah, and yells exactly. at him that way. Exactly. Because then there's it starts so many the actual conversation. 100%, but the slap has overshadowed all of that now. There's so much from that night that was positive for the black community and black people worldwide that that one slap... But we've got to stop with this. Why? We've got to stop with this. Because yeah. if people well, are looking for an excuse, to like if we're waiting for a chance to say, well, I've told you that about black people. Yes, but you're, to- you're talking about those people. I'm talking more generally. There's a hell of a lot of people that don't even know the context behind why it's really bad for black women. There's well, a lot of people that are missing that context. Yes, there are those people that would use it as an excuse in your sense, but there's more people that are just like... He slapped him because he made a joke about his wife without the nuance of why black women's hair is so important to them. I don't think that was ever going to be explored by those people. They... Yes, but I'm talking about... <laughs> I get that with those people that you're talking about 100%, but there's even more people that don't search for the context because all they see is slap, wife, that, that's it. That's social, though. Yeah, 100%. But that's my point, is that if he did it in a different way, then there's more of a space for a conversation to happen. But because he went zero to 100 rather than maybe stopping at 60 there's less room for that conversation to take place because all you're going to talk about the people that you're mentioning the ones that are just looking for an excuse to discredit 
they've got the perfect thing to, to avoid it with. But then there's a hell of a lot of other people who aren't even going to get to that because something that was worse happened. Again, it's, I, I agree with you to well, an extent, but I, I also feel like I'm not putting that labour on him or her to do that at that moment. I'm not not putting that on Will and I'm not putting that on, on Jada to have to explain why that joke was... No, was I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm talking about if he'd have just shouted what he shouted from the seat, I think there's more room for a conversation than him going up and, in some people's eyes, assaulting. I don't think he assaulted him, man. It was nothing. If he'd Absolutely have shouted nothing. it, it wasn't even broadcast on US TV. If he'd have just shouted it, would have just they'd have kept it rolling. Chris Rock wouldn't. It would have been. It would have been out there. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. It would have been. I just. Out there. I, I. My worry, Dom, is and I and I and I and I say it's a worry because I know that this is not what you're saying, but you come like what I'm hearing is. You should um, probably just hear I what agree. I'm saying rather than inferring about what I'm saying. Well, cause I'm being pretty black and white about what I'm saying. But, but okay, so then what? What I'm hearing is um, you agree that Will Smith should have done something, but you disagree with his methods. Yeah. And that feels that 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 feels very uncomfortable to me. Why? Because that's exactly what Martin Luther King said was the problem with white moderates that they agree, but they kind of but they did nothing. They did nothing. There's a, a difference. Method. There's a difference because I'm saying that he should have done something, but what he did was not the right way to go about it if we're wanting there to be something that is positive that comes off the back of it. I don't think that's difficult to understand. I, I don't, again, with something like this which happens in the moment, you, it's not like it's a planned campaign. You're saying you want no, something. of course not. He didn't want something positive to come of it. He wanted to stop that person yes, doing 100%, that to his wife. That's all it's about. I get that completely, but, but we're talking about the lens that it can be looked at now and the discourse that happens off the back of it. I think there's a much more useful discourse that happens if he doesn't slap the guy. But this is the thing too. I also think... The action was taken, can't take it back. So it's now about how are people going to spin it? Yeah. How are we going to respond? How are we going to talk about it? Um, because either way, this has set up the conversation to go one way or another. Yeah, 100%. Just so I can clarify, in saying everyone's a winner, I say this because we spoke about Will. He's been clowned and, as Dom said, maybe took it as an opportunity to to get his stars up, get his rep up. But he did stand up for it on the world stage. So which is a good looks, thing. Which he looks like, you know, to the people that were clowning him, you can, you can probably still clown him now, but he's gone and done that now. Chris Rock took a hit for his art. As, as a comedian, that is a, that is a strong a sta- a thing you can do. Like yeah. at the Oscars, he took a blow from the guy who won the Best, Oscar, best, best Actor Oscar, <laughs> took a hit and just kept it moving, didn't press charges. He's going to sell out his shows. He's won. He has. Yeah, Oscars. Uh, the Oscars. It's the I think it's the worst viewed Oscars. I didn't even know the Oscars were happening. Exactly. <laughs> and they're people are talking about it. They can use some metrics to prove that it's still a relevant thing. That's what I mean by everyone being a winner. You can find a way to spin it your way. Let's also just shout out Questlove, Summer of Soul, Disney Plus, DJ D Nice, Will Parker. Lots of black people won at the Oscars as well. So big up to those people and the Williams family and the Williams family um we're going to talk on something it's 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 not it's not nice it's um the horrible horrible story of child q and the events i guess from yet another case of met corruption when you, you you just think they can't get any worse and they continue to to sink lower and lower uh beneath the bar 
This case came about in 2020, and it's only just come to light after a government report was re- after sort of report into the incident was released. I don't want to go into sort of the gory details of it, but uh, a, a, a child of 16 was accused of smelling of of, of smelling of weed. Six, sorry, she wasn't 16. She wasn't 16. Okay, she was she was younger. Sorry, a, a, a school child was accused of smelling of weed. They searched her. They couldn't find anything. The next step was to call in the police, and yeah, a, 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 without going into any more detail, it was a, a, a search which which violated her person um, at a time when she was on her period, and it's left the child traumatized. Um, it was covered up. I believe the officers were obviously still working for the Met up until I think this week. And this digs into so many uh, all too sort of recognisable themes that we've talked about before. Um, one of the biggest ones being um, sort of the adultification of, of, of black children. Um, it happens a lot with young black boys, but we're seeing the impact here of what happens when it is a young black girl and assumed biases about that person and then how, how they come into play and then how the interactions go west from there. Um, and then obviously that sets into motion sort of an awful chain of events which led us to our sort of grim conclusion. I guess I'll open this up first to uh, to, to Jello. Um, I know this, this is something which sort of shook you particularly. You've got experience also working in in education so you've got a, a sort of yeah we have yeah um so i worked full-time as a teacher for 10 years i've worked on and off in education um since in between kind of acting and writing and for me it's the failures of safeguarding from the school that bother me um the met's gone a met like I, I genuinely believe that. I just don't believe it's. I believe it's beyond reform. Um, I don't like you. Could, you can say, oh, you know, if there was better representation. Well, the head of the Met was a woman for many, many years, and under her watch, some of the most terrible things happened. Um, the two officers that degraded that poor child, who was fifteen at the time, were both women. Um, like the the Met is gonna. The Met's got a Met. But I have been in schools, I've worked in schools, and the primary duty of every single adult that works in a school is the safety of children. And I can tell you now that most teachers that I am friends with, they will judge a teacher based not on whether they're liked or not or their results, but whether they kind of succeed in that duty of care. It is the first and primary duty what happened this the the the, the case of, of, of child q is is exactly what systemic failure looks like the police came in there were reports that said the staff did not feel comfortable questioning the police but why didn't they feel comfortable questioning the police was it because there was an understanding that with a black child there's probably not going to be uh, much blowback. I don't know, but I do know that 
there is no way that a child should be kind of interviewed by an outside agency on school grounds without a member of the school team present. Um, they didn't even contact the parents. It's not for, yeah. it's not for me to kind of comment on the impact of, on that specific child. What what shook me is how normal it kind of sounded. Mm. Um, you know, in the last week, even though the genders are different, we've seen a case where a young black boy was um, accosted by the police for wearing a jacket. Uh, and there's this sense that when, you know, you hear the alter- the altercation between them, that there, there's a sense of entitlement. So I think for me, it's like all of these stories that we're talking about are linked from uh, Jada Pinkett Smith being the, the butt of a joke, um, which, which was about something, which was about her condition. Um, child Q not being seen as a child and being forced to, I mean, yeah, you're right. Dan. we shouldn't talk about the, if you want to find out the, the, the thing that she, uh, had to do, go and read it for yourself, but it is degrading and dehumanizing. And, and if, you know, when we go and talk about the Royal family, it's the same thing. And all of these things, in my opinion, are linked. If you kind of, if you build a worldview and build a system where you force a group of people by the tone of their skin to fight for hundreds of years just to prove that they are human, and then you don't have restorative justice, stories like this will happen. You've seen it um, this week. It's uh, again. It's the next. It's the next story we're going to talk about. But the lack of gratefulness uh, of, of the Jamaican community towards Britain and it just ties into exactly what you're saying like like what what are you so angry for why are you why, like we've given you a home don't question the way that you're treated don't question the way that you're viewed don't question anything and as you say it's it's you've got to look at it again it's just this question of process and and normality and I've had it like my cousin was suspended from school. My older cousin was suspended from school for getting a number one buzz cut on his hair. <laughs> when people were coming in, like there was loads of trusted friends at the school. There's people with pink hair at the school, um, and it, it went from him shaving his hair to him getting excluded from the school, which is on his permanent record, and he had to leave the school. In the end, that's he's you know he's a young black boy. Like that was just uh, just another day uh in in school as 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 a black minority in the uk and it's i in this case makes me feel like the the staff feel as though it's they just want to just they want things just to go away the 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 kids aren't treated as humans they're not treated as as people deserving of of compassion deserving of of protection it's like, oh, we've got rules to enforce. Like they treat them, treat them like an inmate, as opposed yeah. to, as opposed to someone who's, you know, who's who's trying to be sort of raised and educated. And that's what sort of makes it so disgusting that these things only ever come out after the fact. They only ever come out after like some kind of inquiries is, is dredged up the truth. And you hear it time and time again. It's yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking. Yeah, it's. 
it's hard to even think, you know, where do we go from here? And as a black woman who can, you know, luckily I haven't experienced something like this, uh, but I have experienced things akin to it being, you know, even like hypersexualized as a child or definitely being treated or looked at a little differently than my peers. Um, I don't know, my heart just really goes out to child Q and I, I just wonder when will it change, you know, when will, because it's, again, it's not on us. Like we've said this so many times, it's not on black people. Really, it shouldn't be on us to prove our humanity. It's like appealing to the humanity within this society that is upheld by white supremacy. And it just sometimes seems like an insurmountable task. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I, Angelo touched on all the points that I, I could have brought forth very well. I just don't really know where to go from here. What do you think, Dom? I want to take back everything that I said about Will Smith. <laughs> because if this happened to anybody that I knew, I'm like Denzel in Man on Fire. Yeah. I'm putting grenades in people's mouths. I'm fucking every single person up because it's one of the most disturbing things I've ever, ever read. Ever read. And it, it takes a lot, I think, for a piece of news to really hit me the way that it did. But that one shook me to my core. Um, I don't think there's anything that any of us can say that's going to offer any kind of uh, anything constructive to the conversation. It was right back to us being in human zoos for me. It's disgusting, absolutely disgusting. And the people who are responsible, the teachers, the police, they need to face the worst kind of retribution. It's just absolutely disgusting. Yeah. This is where, you know, having a community around you is really like this is one of the most beautiful things I think about um, black culture that's a shared thing. Again, something we've talked about before, you don't necessarily need to live in communities, but we all have this sort of shared understanding of the things that people who have our skin tone who look like us go through. And I'm just really hoping that Child Q, her family, her community are really being held in lots of love and support right now. Mm. And that you know, she does have those people who will go up to bat with <laughs> for her and, you know, to be the Denzel for her um, and other children who unfortunately and undoubtedly are going through, you know, similar bullshit. One thing we've talked about on this pod from the start, and we've used it so often and, you know, felt very pertinent to say it during the, the kind of the Oscars conversation and pertinent again is, we often saying black people are not a monolith. And I think we've always talked about that from a personal perspective, i.e. don't judge me on kind of the worst examples. But I think in this case, it actually highlights the other reason why we're constantly saying that black people aren't a monolith. Because if you take each individual as their own fully formed human and treat them with the respect and the grace that they deserve, you don't see child Q as somebody that is subhuman. You see them in all their humanity and realize that when the, the Met come in and try and be the Met, that you can actually say, hold on a second, no, no, 
my primary duty is to look after this child. And whilst this country continues to see people with similar skin tones as a monolith, it's going to be difficult to make that progress. But that is why I'm happy you've got, got you know, Moya Lobian McLean has recently joined the writing staff at The Guardian. You've got Munya winning uh, an award last night for presenting uh, his show, um, Race Around Britain. You've got all of these unbelievable people in different spheres. You've got Sophia Raquel teaching her course. You've got Kahinde Andrews teaching his course. And whilst they're doing, you know, different things, it is hopefully, because we always say, well, what's what's the alternative? Where's the hope? All of these people in different spheres, when it's not just footballers, it's not just actors, it's not just performers, it's academics, it's people in every sphere. Um, and you go, well, actually, you're going to begin to see that we are as broad in scope and humanity as every other race. And I think that is the hope, that when you see support coming from the um, world of academia, from the world of um, artists and everything in between, that as time goes on, the hope has to be that that will change. But yeah, sometimes you're going to need to slap a fool. Sometimes you're going to need to say to somebody, keep my wife's name out your mouth. But within this case, um, that it, it's such a profound failure. It's such a profound failure. And um, the uh, Ofsted will go in and they will review the failures. And there will probably be some kind of uh, guidance and paper that schools will have to follow from now on. I'm sure there were guidance that they had to follow that they haven't, but it will be highlighted again. Um, and the hope is that we are never in a position to talk about a 15-year-old girl's humanity being taken so forcefully again. Yeah, uh, and this is it. This is at the heart of it for me. It's kind of terrifying that there needs to be guidance to counter the fact that... Uh, I guess racial norms mean that they automatically take away like the humanity of black girls. Um, as, as Kalechi wrote in a, an article in The Voice, she said, what happened to child Q would not have happened to a 15 year old middle-class white girl because the police officers would have been very aware of the violations they were enacting. Due to the inference mm. of masculinity placed upon blackness, black children have to fight that much harder to have a semblance of what can be classified as trauma-free childhoods. Black girls are therefore not considered by society to be girls because to be racialized as black means being disallowed participation in the type of girlhood or womanhood that was crafted to give purpose to white femininity and thus white supremacist heteropatriarchy. I, I don't think there's going to be a guidance which can overcome that, but it's, I guess, one step at a time if we can stop one more child having to go through what child Q went through. If, if we can cause one more teacher or caregiver to to step in and do the right thing before it gets to this stage Ugh, i mean you're pulling the knife a, a couple of inches out the back but it's 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 unfortunate is it progress yeah is it it in this case you unfortunately have to say it is just because of the consequences I, 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 I,
Finally, to a visit, to a royal visit that I know the Jamaicans among us have been waiting for for a long time. For a long time. Jamaica rolled out the red carpet, didn't they? To the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Dumb? Jamaica have a good time? What? <laughs> I don't know. What? What was that? We're going to edit that out. We're going to ed- edit that out. No, we're leaving that in. They were not welcome at all, were they? Mm. This is, I think, the part that has, is being lost with this conversation, is that they were, by a lot of people, and a hell of a lot of people. Mm. Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. Different perspective. Very different perspective. I mean, Jamaica needs to be free. It needs to be... I mean, everywhere needs to be free of this royal madness. It's 2022. What have we got special bloodlines for? Well, William did say he did tease... He did tease a referendum for the, the Caribbean people, saying the monarchy would support, with pride and respect, a referendum vote. Don't you dare threaten us with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to watch it fragment. And you picked this up before. Fair play to you, Dom. You were one of the first. You saw the fractures a couple of pods ago. I think you said, was it Barbados were the first one to mm-hmm. to draw back? You were like, hopefully. Well, Belize said no. Jamaica said, mm, we're on our way. But I, I think that is the interesting part, really, because it, it's not a unified feeling. There are a lot of Jamaicans, both here and in Jamaica, who have nothing against the monarchy and that want them to remain as head of state and the figureheads of Jamaica, but what I've seen, so there's been a lot of comments on social media about this, and I follow the Gleaner, so Jamaica's biggest newspaper, and the comment section is very, very interesting. All tight, the Gleaner. The amount of people who are saying that British Jamaicans, or UB40s as they call us, are, <laughs> I do love that, that we don't really have a say in this. I understand it from their perspective, but I, I really do think we have a, a say in this because whilst I've spent what a couple of months in Jamaica in my life I'm Jamaican I identify as Jamaican and it's us who live and for a lot of us have been raised in the UK that understand I think to a deeper context the way that Jamaicans are viewed by the British hierarchy the, the, the British monarchy and I think that's why there's been so much of a push away from the monarchy by British Jamaicans because we still, what, 70 years after after um, the Windrush, still don't feel British. You need <laughs> a visa to get into the UK if you're Jamaican. There's all these different things. Child Q, I don't even know whereabouts she, she hails from, but to Britain, she is Jamaican. She is African. She is, we're all the same to Britain, right? So when we're getting this kind of treatment, I feel deeply uncomfortable with any kind of ties between the royal family and an island that is so far away when the atrocities that they committed historically are happening on a much lower scale now but are having an impact on us still mentally to this day. 
So that's why I look at it and I'm like, they need to be gone. They should have been gone a long time ago. And and it's it's crazy because of how little time I've spent over there, just how viscerally I felt this. Like it feels like if they are no longer head of state in Jamaica, then that's a win for me. Even though it's not gonna change anything about the, the way that I live my life, my day to day is gonna stay exactly the same. But I know a couple, a couple of weeks ago, I shared something in the group. I think it was Asaka, she put something on Twitter, um, a spectator article about Jamaicans a few weeks ago. And it was written back when Boris Johnson, so our prime minister, was the editor of The Spectator. And the way that they described Jamaicans, I'm just gonna read a quick excerpt. (coughs) How has such a charming and humorous community been turned into the sullen, resentful people that so many of their children seem to be today? Particularly the males, possessed as they are of an arrogant sense of radical entitlement that renders them almost extraterritorial, both to the laws of the land and the laws of good manners. What has England done to them? That they should turn out thus calling us predators of the slums with the bodies of giants and the mind of a pea and makes actual the stereotype of the jamaican man as a man of small brain but with large appetites with a powerful though primitive sense of rhythm the one part of that that i want to really call out <laughs> what has england done to them that they should turn out thus listen to any single one of this pod, one of our podcasts and there's the answer what has england done to them that they should turn out thus Fuck every single last one of them, man. The royal family needs to be done and needs to be out of Jamaica ASAP. I will, here's what I'll say. The uh, royal family kind of, they are the uh, the gif of Sideshow Bob just stepping into rakes. Like, you know, it's, you know it's long for you over there. You know that the tide is turning. You don't get your photographer to have the picture of you kind of, kind of touching the hands of people behind cages. Um, you don't in the same week kind of that you've had all of this bad press have the paedophile son kind of escort the queen and notice also that that there were people there i can't remember which news uh program was it may have been the itv one it may have been bbc made the point where it was uh, i think it was being memory said if it was prince harry wouldn't have had an issue so you've cut off one of your kind of ways that you could have stayed relevant so if you keep kind of walking into rakes, at some point you just got you just got to recognize, just stop walking. And they just every time they kind of try and do something, they make it worse. So, um, you know, I know that a lot of my uh, dearly departed aunties uh, were big fans of the royal family, but see me and my generation, now nah, fam, it's different. I probably got dead relatives that have got the royal crest branded on their bodies. <laughs> I know you, like I, had the, the, the one auntie or uncle who had the, the, the front room that you never went into where everything was in cling film just in case cling you flim. came over. Cling flim. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call it. Cling flim. <laughs> but yes, I did. There you go. There you go. What was that necessary? That was, that, that was <laughs> Steve Bunt's fighting talk. Jello said, can I do it in 30 seconds? And he did. How do you feel about oh, wow, that? an actual timer. How do you feel about that? <laughs> it's a bloody first. That's what I feel about it. Magnificent. <laughs> it's fracturing, isn't it? And you, you just know, once the Queen is no longer with us, the right. I, I, I give it. A, I give it a year. I give it a year. Tops. Tops. They can. They might. It might be longer if they fight it, but there's no reason to continue that. Like, the Queen herself. She stands for continuity. So 
although all the bad stuff's happened, she's been around for everything, good and bad. And people don't like change. People like the familiar. Once she's gone, it doesn't matter. You might as well change. What else is going to happen? Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see the way it goes. Obviously, you said Belize voted against it. Belize, they've got a lot of that dirty money washing around. They need to keep those lines open. <laughs> but yeah, clock's on. We need to rebrand like Pusha T with Arby's. Oh, well, no. There you go. <laughs> I just want to finish up quickly. Oh, the guy's looking at me. Um, sad news with Bruce Willis stepping away from uh, the silver screen due to sickness. Yeah, it's, it's the news is broken. Favorite Bruce Willis film? Oh, you know what? I just re started to rewatch the Unbreakable franchise. Not saying that's my favorite, but they're good. They're actually surprisingly good. Pulp Fiction or the Gorilla style of video? Look at this guy, deep, Whoa. deep cut. Deep okay, cut. niche. <laughs> uh, Jello? Um, in the moment, in the moment, sixth sense. Um, looking back, uh, Die Hard 2. Like, this is the thing, because he obviously had so many of these films, he's just been churning out for like apparently three or four million dollars on Netflix where he's showing up for literally one day to film them. Hmm. You forget, like, how deep his bag is. Oh, yeah. You can not knock it. Um, True Romance, that's my mom's favorite. Shout out, True Romance. So many. I was like, I feel yeah. like Unbreakable. I was the right age. It hit the right time. I was just like, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, he has, he's, decided to, he's had to retire from acting due to an aphasia diagnosis, which I think it's like a, it's a language disorder, which affects his ability to communicate. Oh, so man. yeah, sad times, respect to Bruce. Respect to all of you for listening. <laughs> the most depressing podcast episode. I know it's 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 tough. Football's back this weekend. It's tough. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Calvin <laughs> signing a new contract as well. Go on, man. There we go. Go listen to the uh, Pusha T diss track. That'll cheer you up. Arby's. Arby's diss track. I was. You were waiting for that for the uh, for the Coke bar, weren't you? And it came. I was like, he's the greatest. He got ninety nine percent of the way through. Uh, an advert for a fish sandwich and then just dropped a coke bar in at the end <laughs> can't knock it those who know me well know the fish is going to tip that scale and we out <laughs> <laughs>